Hi, Happy Enders. It's another week. Hopefully you guys are all staying safe. Um, this whole coronavirus, well, I don't even know. This is like three weeks out, so we'll see what good... <laughs> well, I don't even know what's going to be happening in three weeks. Uh, right now, I am still working as the massage therapist. I am actually booked because all these people have time off work, so what better way to do is to go get a massage from me, so fuck my life. Um, yay. Uh, this week's episode, I have Carlisle Forrester, which is really cool because... I've actually wanted her on a while because I've seen her do comedy and she just seemed like a really good person. So I got her on the podcast and we talked a lot about her moving to L.A. and how at first her family just didn't even talk to her. They kind of just froze her out for a while because she wanted to be an actress and how she decided from actress to comedian and to doing her own content. So it was really interesting. Um, hope you guys enjoy. Uh, once again, please like, click, subscribe, comment. Uh, send me an email at joyshappyendings at gmail.com. And also, thank you, Care by Design. You guys are amazing. I appreciate everything you do for me. You guys are the best. Seriously, guys, the CBD lotion is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. And they're 10 to 1 soft gels. It keeps me from anxiety. So I hope you guys enjoy. Get undressed. Get under the sheets. Ooh, you're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen. So ready. This is so exciting. Yay. This is like, usually you dread going to do a podcast. You're like, God, oh, who did that fucking <laughs> podcast tonight? Tonight, I was just like, yeah, I'm getting a massage <laughs> at seven. Count it down. That's funny because people are like, who would turn that down? And I'm all more than you would think. <laughs> well, it's just hard to get anybody to do a podcast today. It's nice to have a little bonus. Plus, last time I got a massage, I was like, you know what would make this better? If I could be uh, interviewed during it. No, it's, <laughs> it's not ideal, but we'll see. So you do get massages? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's maintenance at this point. Like, I did service industry for so long. I feel like my body's just fucked. See, I never did service industry. Yeah, I never I did retail either. I can't do it any longer. I can't do it just because of the physical side of it. Like, the last uh, serving job I had, I felt like it was a fucking CrossFit session every single shift. I was just like, all right, mama takes too many bong hits to run around this Chili's. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I don't have the lung capacity for that kind of work anymore. Well, I mean, I work here in the kitchen now one day a week. So I didn't know chicken. that. Yeah. I just run the food. That's all I do. That's why the chicken ginger is so good. Yeah. Wow. I'm that person that's like, here, I don't know what else to do. And then they're like, can I order from you? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not allowed to talk to anyone. Wow. I'm allowed to give you food and run away. Is that a role here? Yeah, the food runner. They're like, you can run a podcast in the basement and massage the comics, <laughs> but don't talk to people when you give them their chicken dinners. Well, that's what I tell them. I'm like, I can't talk to you. And But the worst is... I realize like how bad my white guilt is mm -hmm. because when we when people order we just get the table 
Yeah. We don't know who at the table ordered. Right. So every time I have to go take chicken wings to the table, <laughs> I will ask all the white people first. Right. Because I'm like, oh, please say yes. You're like really trying to be. Yeah, I'm like, you um, see. did you order the chicken wings? They're like, no. I'm like, did you order the chicken wings? Um, okay, so I let you, so introduce yourself. This is, uh, okay. Hi, I'm Carla. <laughs> I don't know why I said this is, like, speaking in the third person. Uh, Carlisle Forrester, and, uh, didn't, didn't know I was gonna be, uh, topless tonight. Joy left that out, but <laughs> hey, wouldn't be the first time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Would, wouldn't be in the first time that was in the uh, subtext. No, uh, <laughs> never, never down here. I used to do my podcast down here. The what is your girls, podcast? The two girls, one guy podcast. We did it down here. But uh, as you were speaking of earlier, it's very hard to uh, get people to not cancel on you. Sure. Well, we had a time slot that was at like midnight or something too. So that's. It was just kind of like whoever we could get, you know, drunk and lure down here. But, uh, yeah, we don't do it any longer. No. So Those just... episodes are still available, though, if anybody wants to get <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you do any podcast now, or are you just um, Well, just the You Up podcast that's like the the best of the week from uh, You Up with Nikki Glazer on Sirius XM. Oh, okay. Which is... A show that I appear on. Oh my god, it feels so good. I. <laughs> uh, when does this come out, Joy? Um, you'll come out in three weeks. I'm just gonna plug some day. Oh well, never mind. It's, it's before three weeks. Uh, whenever they're in LA, I'm on that show, and then whenever, like on Fridays, I think it drops. And then it has like the clips from. Oh my God, she's you're just a miracle worker. Like, how can how can people finish their sentences? <laughs> There's toxins being released, and it's just it's orgasmic. What can I tell you? That's so funny. Okay, so last Tuesday, Joe Rogan was in a mood. I don't know, but he kept, he kept putting my chair because I have a massage chair and I massage in the green room mm -hmm. at like some of the shows. And he kept putting my massage chair in all these, like, holds. And I'm like, that's really expensive. Please stop doing that. I know you can afford another one. But, and he's, and he tells me, he's like, Joy, you need to change your podcast format. Uh-huh. And he's like, you should massage them and then interview them. And, of course, because it's Joe Rogan, everybody's like, that's the greatest idea ever. That's what you should do. The idea being that they're more relaxed right. and open at that point. But they're also be like groggy and just ready to go home. Right. And when I told him, and like one of my friends was like, you're arguing with him. I'm like, well, no, I'm just making my point. Yeah, you have to with them. Like you're, you, uh, you know, you can't be mansplained. But if you're going to be mansplained by somebody, it could be Joe Rogan, I guess. Right. But I was like, <laughs> the reason I like it is because they're face down. Like you have oh. no judgment from me, so if you say anything, you don't know what I'm thinking because I have no facial expression. Right. And that's how I get a lot of people to admit things. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And that's true. And he's like, "Yeah, but nobody wants to talk." And I'm like, "They talk. They know." I'm pretty like open book anyway. Without like, you don't have to push too hard to get me to admit things, but. 
oh my god, that knot. Can yeah, you feel that? I do. This is like, it's a ball of, of just stress. Um, <clears throat> normally it's the opposite with me where like I'm too much of an open book and you're like, all right, shut up. We got to wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> we like to keep these under 45, Carlisle. Let's uh, get you on your way. You're like, shh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Do you, okay, besides serving, do you have any, like, injuries? Um, it's just a lot of wear and tear from that. I was a cheerleader. Oh, uh, I was color guard. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So, so not the same thing. I was the uh, bad chick. <laughs> I was the band. No. I was skinny in high school. Aw. High school. Glory days. Only <laughs> right. oh, don't pass you by. Glory days. I, uh blossomed in to mine later i was opposite i was fat in high school because mississippi we have something called being corn fed ah. and that was me but uh what were we talking about oh yeah cheerleading injuries so i was a big bad base i had like really strong arms and and back so i feel like i have tightness up here from that yes, always and People are always telling me, like, what do you do for your back? What do you do for your arms? I really don't do anything. It's just years and years of, like, carrying trays, I guess. Just So not even, like, a foam roller when you're working out or anything? Um, what do you mean? Like, they have the foam rollers that you can roll your back on that I would yeah, help you. I should do that. You really should. And I've been really bad about getting to yoga lately. And also, like, for these areas, like, your trigger point's right here. Mm -hmm. And then you have another one somewhere here. I'll have to find it. You can use a lacrosse ball and pop those open. Those Ooh. hurt, too. But Is that anybody's trigger point, or is that my trigger point? It's your trigger point. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. the trigger points are the same, especially, like, people who do the same work or mm -hmm. same motions. Like, my drivers are always up here. And then my computer users are more like in here, so. Oh yeah. But yeah. So you grew up in Mississippi. Yeah, I was just gonna say, if my trigger is reverse racism, where's that located? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's funny. I think people just... hate me over that. Now, what I mean. <laughs> my family hates me too. They get it. No, what is what I mean by that is like, do you feel like everybody hates white people right now? Like extra, extra hard and ever like a lot of people's first sentences like first word of their sentences, white people this and white people that. But meanwhile it's white people that say that and I'm just like, What are you It is white people you're right. Why are you tweeting that? You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. it's just like I don't get the self hatred that's come. I mean I understand, and it's it's bad, and that's why I make the joke that, like, I'm from Mississippi, so, you know, I apologize to all the non-whites in the room, and I start my sets that way, right. you know, but that's just the way I'm combating it, no. But, like, there is, there's a lot of, um, I don't know if it's white guilt or... That's funny, because I tweeted today... You're like, I actually started my tweet with white people. But I did. I, what did I say? I said something I, along. I swear I was talking about you. <laughs> I'm like, are you following me? Uh, uh, it, it says, 
Dogs' mouths are cleaner than humans is what white people say to make them feel less nasty when they lick them. In the it's face. it's very true. I mean, that's that's just facts. And um, and it was after my dog was licking me on the face, and I was like, I'm nasty. Yeah, and do you know that if your dog comes in your face, that's just that's cleaner <laughs> than your boyfriend's come, you and nobody is saying that bad. And you can't get pregnant. So. Yes. Well, on your face, you can't get pregnant. Anyway. Not anytime. We had a neighbor once, and he he was like, "Oh my god!" And we ran outside, and we're like, "What the hell's going on?" And he was brushing his dog, mm-hmm. and his dog came. Yeah, it happens. I've I mean, never heard of that. I've seen it before. It's, <laughs> it's you know, your dog. Okay. Well, do you ever like if your dog just starts snuggling you and you're kind of like spooning, and then all of a sudden you look down and he's like, you know, got the lipstick out. I mean, that's happened to me. See, that's my husband. It's <laughs> <laughs> like joy. What? What now? It's very flattering, though. I like to be a kind of hot that transcends species. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I go for whenever I like get dog. ready in the morning. I get my dog wood. Yeah. I don't know. Our boy dog, he's he's like a toddler. I don't even think I've ever seen his lipstick come out. He's goofy. He's half basset hound, half pit bull. Oh, wow. He's goofy. How many dogs do you have? Three. Yeah, checks out. It's you seem like a three dog kind of gal. Three dogs, three kids. You got a husband husband that loves you. Look at that. You got a whole package. (laughs) I have so much. If you swapped out the kids with uh, cats, Mm -hmm. you actually have my dream life. There you go. Three dogs, three cats, and a husband. That's what old Carlisle's after. Yeah, you don't no kids. No kids. (sighs) Tight pussy. What? See, okay, I'm still tight All because right. C-section. C-section, bitch. Yep. All right, well, I hear that is the way to go with that. Yes, in fact, my doctor, I was just talking about this. My doctor was like, oh, it's immaculate down here. You can tell you had a C-section. Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, you could eat off of it. And John's all, you just told your doctor to <laughs> eat you out. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I was all, well, somebody has to do it. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Wow. What do you think about sex after kids? Does it happen or is it like a thing of the past? Well, we have sex a lot. That's cool. um, I feel I'm the... Well, I live in Valencia, so I live in a very pretentious asshole town. Mm. And so, like, anytime I talk about, like, giving John a blowjob, the women are like, wait, what? Did you give your <laughs> husband blow... I'm all... So I went home and I told John, I was like, I think I'm the only wife. That blows their husband. He's like, you need to stop talking to people. Oh, like, for sure <laughs> you are. I mean, most of the time that goes out the window from what I hear. But where are you telling these women this? Like, are you just sitting around in Valencia? Them. Okay. <laughs> Picturing just, like, out at Steinmart, like, at the coffee bar. I don't know. Well, you know how it is. Like, almost every conversation that starts with a woman when I'm first massaging them is, my husband tries to, and I'm all, and then five minutes later, there's a dick inside you. And yep. you're like, yes, exactly. Yep. And then I'm Or like, it lasts two seconds. Right. My hands are tired. A boyfriend, it, unless I constantly say, like, keep doing that, it feels good, keep doing that, he won't, he'll stop. <laughs> it's like a two-minute get-it-while-you-can-get-it thing. Well, at least you've got that. I get... You're a professional. You're so good. I would just disappoint you. So mm. I'm not even going to try. 
I see that though. I'm like, love you too, John. I'm like, just just push on me. <laughs> I mean, he's got it made though, huh? He just gets nope. this. He does not let me touch him. Why? I'm married a pussy. God love him. What? He says I'm too hard and mean. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, you're not hard at all. I'm able to just give a whole podcast interview like it's not anything. What is he talking about? Well, I mean, I do go deeper, but I mean, you're like I take out my aggression on him. It's gonna yeah. be a little different. <laughs> it's uh, a little different. I haven't pulled my elbow out on you yet. But <laughs> this is for the second kid's birth. Right. Thirty-six hours, no push present. Fuck you. <laughs> for me having to deal with your crazy ex-wife. <laughs> oh, you got baby mama drama. Oh my god, my oldest is my stepson, and oh, Ooh. bonus kid. Yeah. I mean, so just that woman has to be in your life for the rest of your life. We have not seen. Okay, so she disappeared two weeks before his sixth grade graduation. Mm. Showed up at his high school graduation mm. last year, and we haven't seen her since. That's interesting. Yeah, she has a bunch of other kids somewhere. My poor kid has brothers and sisters that we have no idea about. Hmm. But he's very angry at his mom, so he'll call his brothers, like, I say, hate saying this, my kids, because uh -huh. he's mine too. Yeah. But he'll call my kids his brothers, and then his mom's kids his mom's kids. He's like, yeah, my mom's kids. Yeah, that makes sense. But we raised them. We're like, these are your brothers. They're not your half-brothers. Like, these are yours. Yeah, your family is who you choose at the end of the day. Yes. <sighs> that, I just got really relaxed. I'm sorry if that was a lull in the entertainment, but... Uh, <laughs> Had had no good retort for that other than a nice long. Good yawn. Yeah. Okay, so how did you get out of Mississippi? I kind of ran away from home because I was enrolled at Ole Miss. I was supposed to go to the University of Mississippi, and I had a like a room assignment and a dorm and every like classes, and I just felt like I was drowning. Like the closer and closer I got to it. I just could not do it, and I had, like, this um, this interesting, like, summer job where I had come out to uh, Riverside, California, incidentally. Ooh. Sunny Riverside. Nice. You know, where every high school senior is dreaming to go right after graduation. But all I heard was, like, that's close to L.A., and that's where I decided to go for this job. And um, and then I decided over that summer that I wanted to come back. I didn't want to go to Ole Miss. I wanted to go to L.A. Okay. So um, I told my family that. That did not go over well because I, I had, like, a, a whole deal with them that I would, you know, do the college thing and then come out to L.A. and try to be an actress. This is way before comedy, by the way. Like, okay, never okay. did I try comedy until way later. And... Um, yeah, they weren't too into my idea. They really wanted the college thing to happen. And I was just like, no. And I made plans. I got, like, a plane ticket because I'd had high school jobs. And I had money, like, saved. And then the nearest airport was Memphis, Tennessee, which was an hour away. But my best friend had a car. Okay. And my mom actually went over to her house and, like, begged her dad to take her car away from her and he was like I'm not gonna do that 
because he thought like because everybody was like well she's 18 like if she wants to go right and um so i i did she gave me a ride to the airport and then i left and i didn't speak to my family for a long time because they were mad and then as time passed they realized like oh no she's serious about this like acting dream and um the rest is history i mean they finally came around to it obviously was there any like defining moment where they were like okay we're she's we've got to get back we have to get her back in our lives i think it was one christmas that i missed like that first christmas i didn't go home and it was very hard on all of us rightly so because um yeah it was just it was a weird it was a weird time you know i didn't i think of being 18 now like i look at 18 year olds and i'm like i was a child yes and i thought i was so grown Uh and the weird thing is like my parents are kind of not um city people like they you know they couldn't even imagine coming out here so they didn't come out to like come after me or chase after me because they didn't know the lay of the land of la so like i was just kind of out here i actually had like um my grandmother's friend of a friend who had a house in Van Nuys and she rented a room to me. Okay. It was like my grandmother was still talking to me, but like nobody, my parents were really mad because, you know, the whole college dropout thing. Yeah, I dropped, um, out. <laughs> I dropped out and moved to Texas for a guy I met online. Oh my God. Yeah. Online? Yeah. What is this, like MySpace days? I'm way older than MySpace. It was AOL chat. AOL chat. She's yeah. like, I met him up in the aim, bitch. I did. In fact, they yeah, that's like, green name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Mine was cutie pie something something. But it was like LOL and BRB. And I was like, what the fuck does all this mean? Because I just, ugh, I just bought a computer off of my scholarship money. <laughs> Love it. And he was like, come in this private chat room and I'll teach you what all the abbreviations mean. Oh. And then we started talking and then he was like, come visit me in Texas. So I did. And you dropped out. And then, yeah. And then I asked my dad if he would drive me to um, Texas. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, where in Texas? Lubbock. Yeah, I've been there. It's like a little like awful cowboy awful town place yeah oh yeah it was awful it, he had a really good right hook <laughs> oh, he was yeah a right hook what do you mean like he, he was, hit me a lot oh my god i thought you were saying this was like you know i thought you were saying like he had good boxing skills but... well he was trying to be an amateur boxer and i was just a supportive girlfriend oh so my like, god you can hit me cool wow that's insane dude but i did because my dad oh my dad when he dropped me off he's all call me when you're ready to admit you're making a mistake oh that's a good line fuck you so um (laughs) and i had a really good job i was working at AT at&t wireless i was making 15 dollars an hour Mm -hmm. texas i had a duplex for 2.95 a month it's amazing my life was okay so then I left him, and I got my duplex, and then I started dating a DJ at a strip club, because I make good choices. Uh, uh, uh. 
And then he kept stalking me and he broke into my house one night and I had to call my dad and I was like, you need to come get me. So him and my mom came and got me. What the fuck? Wait, so were you like, were you doing comedy? No. Or? I wasn't doing anything. I was going to college. I was a good girl. I was doing my... I mean, that's questionable. (laughs) I was doing my chemistry (laughs) homework in the DJ booth. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Like, I'm that girl. I've never done drugs. Like, Whoa, never? But, no, but I make really bad choices when it comes to men. I mean, even John, when I got with John, he was going through his divorce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was drinking every day. And I was like, oh, you seem to custody battle from hell. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, this seems like a good idea. <laughs> Ex-wife from hell. So, so you supported him through his custody battle. Mm-hmm. And now he's supporting me through this. Wow. <laughs> this whole comedy journey. And and by the way, those two things are totally even. It's oh, like yeah. a custody battle and the fucking oh. grind of a thing. And it's awful. I'm like, okay, I'll be gone. Make sure the kids do their homework. Love you. Bye. <laughs> That's amazing, though. It is, and I couldn't do it without him. You're like, I'm going to go massage comics now. (laughs) It was cool, though, like, when I went to, he's a Neil Brennan fan, and I got to go to Neil Brennan's house and massage him. Mm -hmm. And I was all, I'm at Neil Brennan's house. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm about to walk in. And he's like, don't be weird. I'm like, well, that's me. But are you doing these for the show, or that was just like that was for the show that was before I was able to get down here so I would just go to people's houses and have a handheld camera and it was just wonky and was Neil Brennan able to drop names through a massage um we um (laughs) I don't know like we talked a little bit but he talked about Whitney Cummings yeah there you go so yeah he dropped you know, it's a little hard for me to think of, like, certain words. Like, you'll be massaging me, and I'm just, like, I think of something that just totally leaves my mind as you get these knots. Right. But you feel, you feel that, right? They're, like, straight-up yeah. knots. Yeah. And you can see them, too. Like, you can visually see them. Yeah. But I think it's because I've been doing this 13 years, too, so... So what do you, like, what are those made out of? So, okay, easiest way to describe a knot is you know how, okay, so each muscle fiber has fascia around it. So it has, like, a layer, like a sheath of coating around it. Mm -hmm. And they they almost look like spaghetti. And when you put spaghetti in water and you don't stir it and it looks like a clump, Mm -hmm. that's what a knot basically looks at. So what you're doing is you're just breaking up the fascia. So you can just break it up and it just dissipates and goes just into the body? It does, but a lot of people are like, how do I get rid of these knots? And I'm like, well, stop living. Like, They just go. Because, yeah, your knots are basically there to protect your body. So you're doing something repetitively and your body just kind of bunches up. What about the crunch? The crunch, that's the lactic acid. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, where'd you go? You left me. I'm here. It's very, uh, 
It's very good what she's doing. Uh, okay, so now you're out. More. Okay, you're out in LA now. Okay, so now I'm out in LA, and still oh yeah, I'm not seeing the whole story. comedy still not on the thing. No, it was never comedy. It was always like I thought I was gonna be the young ingenue, like okay. the dramatic actor, the thespian. Like I would take acting classes and just like roll on the floor and be like, what animal are you going to be? Like, that was like, my whole 20s was just taking these acting classes, working in restaurants to pay to take all these acting classes yes. that are out here that are like all the Ivana Chubbicks and the Meisner Technique and the Playhouse West and the prestigious, you know, uh-huh. all those. But, um... It's all bullshit, as we know. And I really thought that I had an original idea. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll come out here. I'll, I'll probably be famous by the time I'm, like, you know, 21, 22. It's a wrap. Like, I was just thinking it was going to be it. so easy. And, uh, I mean, I wish I could show you what I looked like back then, too. Like, it's hilarious. It was just so not... LA it was just like corn fed Mississippi girl like oh yeah this girl's gonna be in a movie tomorrow like what no this this is pre-veneers Carlisle okay this is what we like to call Mississippi mouth all now, right did you come here as Carlisle did you like that yeah name? Carlisle is my mom's maiden name right right it's a family name but um yeah so I was very quickly disenchanted <laughs> By the fact that uh, every girl that, uh, you know, won Most Beautiful in her high school comes out here to be an actress. And there's about 1,500 of you every month to get right. off the bus. So there was that. And uh, I was out here for a good long time just doing that. And then I actually left. I I mean, I'm, I'm fast-forwarding a lot. But, like, I had acting jobs. It's not that I didn't get any acting jobs. I've never gotten big TV credits that you'd know me from, but I've done a lot of, like, independent film. Okay. And kind of the pinnacle of what I did was during the writer's strike, some friends and I actually produced our own short film because there was a big writer's strike Uh in Los Angeles and there was no work for 11 months. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was also doing uh, bottle service. I was in the club, like, making $1,500 a night. Holy shit. Yeah. I was working at this insane nightclub called Ledoux in L.A. And I was like, why don't we just take this money and make our own thing? Since we have nothing to do as actors. Like, my one friend's a writer. My one friend wants to be a director. I'm an actress. I'm like, let's do it ourselves. And this was in 2010. So a long time ago now. But um, we got into the Cannes Independent Film Festival. Really? Yeah, and we got to go to France. And it was a big lesson for me that, like, you can't really wait to be cast and shit. Like, you just got to make your own. This was at the height of, this is like the beginning of, you know, where it is now. We're just, like, doing what you're doing now, Joy. Like, making your own content. Just uh-huh. making your own show. Making your shit happen. And that was kind of the first realization of of that. And then after that, I was like, all right, well, I've done L.A. I did it. I did a, a movie that got into Cannes, and uh, 
I'm, I'm out for a little bit because I hated where I was at financially and all these other things. And you were talking about Texas earlier. I actually went to Austin. Okay. Austin's is, Austin is way better than Lubbock. Yeah. I was just being pulled there because I have always thought it was a cool place. And it is a cool place it to is. visit. But after living in Los Angeles, when I went back to Austin, I was then trying to be an actress there because there was like a little bit of a film industry booming. And I was like, I'll, I'll go here and be a big fish in a small pond. But there really wasn't enough work there. It was still just all being cast out in L.A. Uh And so I felt really trapped. And then to top it off, you make $2.11 at that time an hour as a waitress in Texas. Because if you were a tipped employee, you didn't even make, like, it was like Uh $2.11. And so I just kind of financially bottomed out and couldn't afford to live and then I, from that point, got a job, so random, in the oil and gas industry. Okay. I don't know if you saw any of that whenever you, during your Lubbock days, but uh, there's a lot of it in yes. Texas, and uh, there's a lot of money in it. It's what people from back home that I went to high school with do now. Okay. And really, like, the only way you can get into that work is by knowing somebody that does it, and mm-hmm. you work for the oil and gas companies, and you make a stupid amount of money. And they hire young people to do it because you just travel. Like, they want people that don't have families, don't have, um, like, ties to anything because you're just moving around the country, like, wherever they're drilling, basically. Uh It's kind of like being a comic, Uh but this is before I was doing comedy. So I get this random job where I'm now making all this money, and I'm, like, you know, living in all these places all over the country, but, like, nowhere you want to live, like... You know, just, yeah, like Evansville, Indiana, like Carmi, Illinois, Zanesville, Ohio, just places where there's like a lot of open land where Uh people are drilling. And so during that point, I became like pretty much suicidal and alcoholic. I'm also going back to work with like all the people that I kind of had run away from, you know, Uh to like in the first place to come out and leave like that way of thinking and that way of life and then now all of a sudden I'm going back and I'm surrounded by that and like the halls at my work were just kind of like the halls of high school all over again Mm -hmm. and to top it all off it's like you're the girl that didn't go to college that ran off to chase your dreams and now you're coming back to like take our jobs you know because my one friend had got me the job but then like a lot of other people didn't like me because they thought I was weird or whatever for you know Whenever you're in Mississippi and you're like, hey, I'm going to go be an actress, people are like, she thinks she's all Hollywood. Right. Whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of had a negative experience doing that job and, like, really just started drinking, drinking a lot. Because, like, you're making a lot of money, but you don't have anything to do. Right. You're living in a hotel. It's a nice hotel, but it's in a bumblefuck place. So... Like, I remember one time I just drove to Columbus, Ohio, because I heard it was cool. It was, like, two hours away. I just drove there to, like, go to a yoga class and then turn around and go back and drive to, like, (laughs) Zanesville, Ohio, to where I was, like, stationed or whatever, you know? Right. So, um, during that time, I started listening to stand-up, and Mm -hmm. it saved my life. Mm -hmm. It legit just saved me and listening to podcasts made me feel like I had 
friends, like, you know, just listening. Yes. You feel like you're just talking to the funniest people in the world and they're your friends. And then a lot of times on podcasts, people talk about how they got started, like what I'm doing right now. And people, you know, famous comics and stuff were saying, talking about L.A. And it, it was all stuff that I knew and I knew of from living out here the first time. But I was like, oh, yeah, like I never even went to the comedy store. What was that place? You know, uh-huh. like I I literally never even walked set foot in here. I lived here for, for many years. Isn't that so dumb? No, because you were on a different path. I was on a different path, and also I had no money ever, and I always worked at night. Right. So, like, I would never have, like, thought to go to a comedy show. I don't know. It was just stupid. I really wish I would have found it sooner than I did, but... Yes, yeah, I... la vie. You find things, and you're supposed to find them. Um, oh, my God. It feels so good, Joy. Yeah, you're tired of your... And, um, so... I decided to come back to L.A. for, like, kind of a part two. Okay. That was strictly just, okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to be a fucking comic. Fuck yeah. And that's whenever everything really started to happen. That's where the story deepens. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Just like this massage. <laughs> just like, your just like this deep tissue massage. Oh, my God. But yeah, I always say I've had like such a long story, like it's a long nine lives sort of journey. So what's next? So what's next is I come back and I want to do comedy, but I'm still very afraid of it. And because I I was so worried about what people would think, Uh you know, because everything that I would think to talk about was like, sex or you know like a secret or just very like that's always been my thing it's just i i want to be an open book Mm -hmm. and so i I go to the the haha cafe that's where i did my first very first that's where everybody is their first set but it's funny because i didn't know that like people don't go to just watch open mics and so at first i just wanted to go just watch and just check it out (laughs) Which, like, who does that? And I'm just, like, all dolled up, like, this girl sitting in the corner. They're just like, who the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, and then they're like, they got to the end of the mic, and they're like, all right, well, I guess that's it, unless, uh, did you put your name in the bucket? Like, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm just, <laughs> just watching. I'm here to watch. And they're like, okay, it's like, weird, but all right, I guess that's it. And then we left. I didn't really talk to anybody. And then, um... Still thinking about it, still... And then, by the way, like, have this joke notebook. Like, this sad joke notebook that's been written in for, like, literally years. Uh Which is the saddest thing, because it's just like, get up and fucking say your thing. But I never did. I just wrote, because I I had this this notion that it had to be all perfect and all ready. Yep. Um, Maybe somebody's listening that needs to hear that. Just go do it. You're going to suck whenever you first just... Open mic, and they all suck. Everybody sucks. Get up and do it. Don't sit around with your precious fucking notebook for years and years. So what happened was from all those years away from living out of California, I had all this drama with my car Uh and it was out of registration, but it had also just never been registered for like the three and a half years I was gone because I was working on the road. So it just didn't matter. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I'd never settled in one place with that job. 
So I never had to register the car, which is like a big problem because when you come back to California, you're like, okay, I want to register now. And they're like, where has it been registered all these other years? Okay, this is really compelling podcasting, Carlisle. Um, no, but, no, this is perfect. So basically, they were like, well, you have to pay these four years backdated of registration, which is like thousands of dollars or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't have it. And basically, it was just riding around in a car that was really, you know, had four years um, out-of-date registration. But I had no money. I wanted to do something that was free. So I decided one day to go to Runyon Canyon to hike. And I go to this great hike. And I'm coming back, and I'm all zen. And I'm walking back, and my car is being towed. <laughs> It's literally like on the thing, chains are going, the guy's got the clipboard out, and I'm crying. I'm like, please, sir, you don't understand. Like, this is my last asset. And he hears it a thousand times a day. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's already on the truck. Can't uh-huh. do anything to help you. And um, so I leave that situation. I call my parents. I'm walking down Laurel, you know, Laurel Canyon, uh-huh. Crescent Heights. And literally walking back to the valley, and I call my parents, and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Because it's, it's thousands of dollars I'm going to have to pay to get that car back. And as we know, you can't really work or do anything in L.A. without a car. Uh-huh. It's near impossible. And I'm seeing my life's over, and they're like, they're saying things like, well, you know, you could come back home and go to Ole Miss, and it's all that. And I'm like, or I could do this one thing. That I've been thinking about a lot, and I basically rode my bike to Ha that night, and I gave Jack Jr. my five dollars for your five minutes, and I fucking crushed it. No, I mean I did. I got laughs. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't do like the typical. It's my first time doing this uh-huh. bullshit. I did. Then I was new to town. And so nobody knew the difference. But you said that. You said it's your first time. Yeah, I said this is my first time. It was also by my birth because I was like, I'm gonna do this for my birthday. Everybody does that. And I go, so I accept pity laughs. I'm all just like, you're gonna accept the pity sex that you're gonna get tonight. <laughs> you know, it's just stupid. Yeah. But I got laughs. I got laughs, and it felt so good. Everybody was just kind of like, who the fuck is this? Because I didn't know anybody. I remember I talked to, like, Ashoka Thomas after the mic and, like, thought he was, like, famous because he was funny. Like, uh-huh. do you remember that when you yes. get to open mic and you're like, well, this guy is clearly on television. The first um, guy who got up, I didn't realize he was just an open micer because he was so good. Yeah. So they called me next, and I go, of course, I'll be the first one to be called because I seriously thought he was just, like, an opener. Yeah. I, yeah, I had no idea. But it, So I left that open mic and... I was riding my bike home, and I was just crying, like tears of joy just streaming down my face because I was like... Which is yeah. the only tears I could ever cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is this is it. I'm not going to have to move home, and I don't even need a fucking car because I can just ride my bike here. Right. And I started riding my bike to the hall every day, and then I shortly became the uh, open mic host, which really elevated skills and whatnot because yes. you have to go up all the time can't do the same material because everybody's just heard your yeah. dog and pony show over and over and um i'm really grateful for that place because it was what gave me my start nice. not that they would ever give me a, <laughs> a spot now yeah. but <laughs> hey you know 
It's all right. Where's the camera? Okay. <sighs> I hope you're getting my good angles. There's really a next situation going on. I don't on. think you have a bad angle. If it's been zooming to... in on this rattlesnake scrotum that I have <laughs> happening below the chin lately, I'm going to be so mad. I'm First gonna of need... all, you look like and you're next to me, so you're fine. I need digitization in post. <laughs> okay. You sound like Corey. She was Princess Corey was like, um... And I was like, it's okay. It's in a small box. Nobody can see it. She's Please. like, okay. It's a thumbnail. Yes. How do you feel? I feel amazing. I mean, I, I would like like an extra two minutes without the uh, interview. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Is there anything Jesus. you want to book or book? God, I can't think <laughs> right now. See? Is there anything you'd like to plug while you're massaging my yes. butt? Um, yes, <laughs> plug it up. <laughs> No, I uh, I was gonna say, listen to Sirius XM this week, Comedy Central Radio, Channel ninety five. If you have a Sirius XM subscription or a rental car, Ooh. but I don't think this is gonna come out before. Okay. But I'm on it all the time. I'll put it on Twitter. You'll see. Twitter, it sucks. Like I have like forty eight thousand followers on Twitter. Jesus, I work so hard, and then everybody's like, "We're moving to Instagram," and I was like, "Well." me wow like you know how hard i worked <laughs> jesus i can't even break a thou on there well i write romance books too so i have that going she's a me. jack of all trades okay. ladies and gentlemen too much romance books yeah. oh my god can i pitch you a story okay oh 1970s okay <laughs> i was just listening to josh wolf on um the Honeydew with Ryan Sickler. Mm-hmm. I want to write him and his wife's story. Oh, it's so sweet. I never They're the met her, sweetest couple. But I'm in love with her. Oh, She's really beautiful and really gracious and kind. Oh. I met them at getting dug with high one day. You're oh. always like in between and then you're walking out of the studio and they're walking in and you're like lit and you're like, what's up? I'm just being like so over talkative, like kind of like I am right now. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I was going to. Is that it? That's it. I'm so relaxed. Ooh, that's me. Hold on. <laughs> okay. All right. That was my episode with Carlisle Forrester. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, please like, click, subscribe, comments, and email the joys happy endings at gmail.com. Also, once again, thank you, Care by Design, and be safe.